are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. And don't forget, Giant fans, you can listen to this podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. Make sure you check those folks out. They have a really good product. And uh, I know I've been using it, and I I hope you'll check them out as well. And uh, today's show, I'm happy to have on Chris Biziano of the Giant Insider. He's a a regular contributor to the podcast. Always appreciate him coming on. And we're going to talk a little bit about OTAs. I'm going to try and give you some different perspectives of what went down on OTA number one, which was held Monday. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the program with me. Hey, Patty. Thanks for having me back. Anytime, anytime. So, Chris, a lot went down uh, on Monday. Let's mm-hmm. let's jump right in. Um, I think we got to start with the, uh, believe it or not, let's start with the defense and the cornerbacks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty impressive group there, huh? Oh, boy. Yeah, a lot of young blood. Uh, Sam Beal, this is what we've been waiting for, right? Oh, yeah. He was my – I put it out on Twitter uh, yesterday that besides the draft picks, he was the guy I wanted to see the most, Mm -hmm. all right, because, hey, we spent the third-round pick for him. Um, He got injured last year, as we all know, missed the whole season, and we wanted to see, hey, what do we have in this guy? You know, what do the Giants have? What do Gettleman see in this guy, right? And I think yesterday, Pat – we kind of saw what Gettleman saw in this guy, right? Um, oh, yeah. Pretty impressive first OTA for Beal. Um, nice day. Broke up uh, a pass, you know, the whole deal. Um, Peppers was impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of young blood, man. DeAndre Baker coming in there. He was working with the twos yesterday. Beal was with the ones opposite of Janoris, Jack Rabbit. And I tell you what, Pat, we talked about this before. It's going to be very, very interesting, the competition with these cornerbacks in training camp this season and i'll tell you what chris i mean last year how many times did we see the pass rush up front just barely miss the quarterback and a lot a big reason for that was the fact that the back end of the defense was not holding its coverage or or able to get their coverage i don't think we're going to see that problem a whole lot this year do you agree yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the you know that's the projection. You know, that's why we, that's why Gettleman went out and got a DeAndre Baker, who he considered the best cover corner. That's why he spent last year three on Sam Beal. Um, and if these kids play like they're supposed to, Pat, you know, um, they're good cover, physical corners. You got Jack Rabbit coming back. You know, you you heard him yesterday. He said he's a hundred percent, one hundred and fifty percent healthy mm-hmm. according to him. <laughs> and um, Hey, you got some guys who cover on the back end, and now those near misses, Pat, become sacks. Yes. Because the quarterback has nowhere to go. Yes. You know, so it's so huge, man, in today's NFL to get some guys that could actually cover, (laughs) you know. Um, So that's the way it's looking for this giant team. We'll see as we move on down the road. Uh, But very positive signs yesterday. There's no question about it. Uh, I thought Jabril Peppers was – very active yesterday. Um, very good first OTA. And for Giant fans, a huge, huge positive. Definitely. And, you know, so much has been made about, you know, the lack of a pass rush and the Giants mm-hmm. didn't, you know, they didn't add a true 
or I, I shouldn't say true because they, they have true edge rushers, but I guess um, a, a big name pass rusher, you know, an established pass rusher might be right. the best way to put it. And I really believe, Chris, that between the improvements made to the defensive secondary and up front where now quarterbacks aren't going to be able to step up and, and get through the middle of the line like they were, you know, maybe in the past, I think that's going to really, really help that pass rush. Yeah, no question. You know, no, no question. You know, when you, you know, the Giants are hoping this Dexter Lawrence kid, this kid gets some pressure up the middle, right? On uh, the BJ Hills and all that. So when you could cover a little bit, it makes a huge difference up front, right? A huge difference. You could have two premier edge rushes, right, Pat? Yeah. And if nobody's getting, if no, if guys are open in that secondary. Boom. I mean, you know, the quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball. So yeah. this helps. Like you just said, the Giants don't have a pure edge guy that you know is like a Chandler Jones that you know is going to get you double-digit sacks, you know, and all that. So they have a bunch of guys that, you, you know, you're looking to get the four, five, six sacks each. And that's what could happen. You know, it's going to be a group effort up front for like three or four different guys. And those guys in the back end, if they cover – that is going to be a huge difference for guys up front getting to the quarterback. So time will tell, Pat. You know, time will tell. Yes, definitely. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. I mean, yeah. one of the big knocks against the Giants, especially in the linebacker core, is that they didn't have enough speed. Based on what you saw yesterday, do you think that they improved in that area? Well, listen, Olga Tree could run a little bit. Um, I don't see anybody that they brought in. Listen, you saw yesterday Ty Davis, who he could run a little bit. He looks like he's going to compete with Goodson and out of the inside linebacker spot. The Connolly kid could move a little bit, but um, nah. As far as speed wise, I has to. I have to see more, Pat. I mean, X Man's got a good first step, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at this draft pick and he, this kid's a kid looks like he's got a quick first step. So is there improvement there? Yeah, Lorenzo Carter in his second year. You know, is he going to play faster this season because he knows the system now? Yeah. So you're asking me, hey, Chris, you know, you think it's going to improve? Yeah, I would say, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a little bit quicker. And, of course, they need that speed on the defense because uh, how many times did we see that defense wear down in the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, you know, you got to get off the field, Pat. You know, um, yeah. you have to get off the field or you're going to be playing 70 snaps, 65 snaps. Of course, that – a lot of it, you know, relies on the offense too. Depends on the offense too. But yeah, you you know, you're looking at a little nice little four man rotation on the outside, you know, and, and a lot of times you go only two linebackers anyway, you know. So that's going to be big. I think you you know you guys. I think Carter's going to have a nice second year. I really do. Um, and I think this X man is going to add. And Marcus Golden, you know, he's that knee seems to be 100 percent now. So you're going to see some things off him off the edge with him a little quickness. So. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, and you know what? I thought the defense played a lot quicker, or I should say practiced a lot quicker than I remember this time last year. And, that, of course, mm-hmm. that's that's due to the fact that, you know, they're in year two of the system. Betcher now, you know, has a better feel for what, he, what he's got, what he's missing. Do you think Betcher has everything he needs now to run the type of defense that, I, that he's been promising? I think he does. I think he's almost there, Pat. Obviously, he was used to that Chandler Jones in Arizona. He doesn't have it here. Okay, so you got to go with what you have, okay? Um, but here's a difference, Pat, 
right now. It's early. Don't get me wrong. You have to start playing the games. But the difference is going to be is that he could do some different blitz packages now, different blitz schemes, because he doesn't – hopefully, Pat, he's not going to have to worry about guys covering on the back end. Mm. You know, That's the big key. Last year, let's face it, there's only so much he could do, Betcha, because he was – Worried about guys covering. You know, I mean, you had guys like BW Webb. You know who, who hell is on somewhat. You know, but you know now you got kids coming in on number one draft picks. You got Sam Beal. You know, you got Janoris. So he's going to have more confidence. Hopefully, more confidence and guys covering if they put him on an island. If you're blitzing, if you're sending six guys, and now you got guys in man coverage, and he'll have more confidence there um, to do what he always was accustomed to doing in Arizona, I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that defense really, you know, it's too soon to say, I think, yeah. that Betcher yeah. is on the hot seat. But that defense needs to be better than it was last year. He's mm-hmm. got a lot more pieces in place now. Like you said, he doesn't have that true Chandler Jones role guy. But certainly, you know, they got to step it up and they got to produce this year because last year just wasn't really acceptable. No, no, and I, I was one of the first ones to say, like, listen, this defense hasn't really played well, and I expected Betcha to be more aggressive because that's in his nature. Um, I thought he wasn't now, like we just discussed. Was it because, you know, he, he didn't feel secure in the back end? Of course, that's all part of it, you know. But you're looking at these young corners now, Patty, and, and you know, if these kids play well and these kids cover, you know, it's on Betcha. So what you have to do is, like, you don't have two edge guys. You don't have the one edge guy. So you have to come up with different things, you know, uh, scheme-wise. And this is a big year for Betcher. This defense has to improve under his watch. Because, like you said, he's not on a hot seat yet. But that seat's going to get a little warmer, Pat, if this defense doesn't play well this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, they need to, you know, to me, the biggest issue was they had trouble up the middle, you know, with the tight end, the tight end problems that, you know, came back, you know, stopping the run. I mean, that, I I don't know what happened to the run defense last year. Basically, same personnel, um, you know, I I guess you could point to the linebackers and maybe they weren't coming up filling the holes. But, you know, I think now they should have the personnel that they need to, to do a better job. Yeah, you know, and when Snacks got traded, their run defense was not good at all. You know, yeah. not good at all. Um, so he went out and got this, you know, battleship and Dexter Lawrence to play inside, you know. Um, but, you know, Pat, a lot of it last year with Ogletree and Goodson, um, they just didn't get off blocks at times. They filled the wrong lanes, and, you know, and they're back. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Now you have a kid like Peppers is like a landing kid. He could play up at the line of scrimmage. But Thayer could play up at the line of scrimmage. Um, so Dexter Lawrence is going to have to really help this team. I know he's just a kid. He's a rookie and all that. But he's going to be asked to fill pretty big shoes in Snacks because Snacks was good against the run. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, kids like um, Dalvin Thomason and Dexter Lawrence, you know, they're going to have to step up, man. These guys are going to have to play this run well, you know, because – they got to fill that void. Snacks is that, you know, Snacks has been gone since last October. So yeah. we can't have what we had last year, Pat, but guys are running, you know, through the middle and they're getting 4.5, 5 a carry and all that. Can't have that. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's that's a sure way to keep the defense on the field. And like I said, you know, you can't be playing 70, 80 snaps a game and, and expect that defense not to wear down. Chris, final question on the defense. Who I know you went in uh, looking at Sam Beal, but th- was there anybody who 
jumped out at you that you maybe weren't expecting, uh, you know, to see or jump out? In the secondary or the whole defense? The whole defense. I tell you what, uh, we, I talked about Bill, obviously. Um, I kind of like the way this Brian Connolly looks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put, he broke up another pass yesterday like he did in minicamp last week. He read Jones' eyes. Keep an eye on his Connolly draft, check, uh, uh, draft choice. Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to compete in an inside spot with Goodson. Um, he, I, I, I can't say he totally stood out. Like, oh, my God, look at Connolly. But he kind of had a nice practice again yesterday. He stood out to me a little bit. He's a guy I'm keeping an eye on um, uh, for this roster and to compete in an inside spot. Um, I would say him, Pat, besides Beal. Yeah, I agree with you on him. I thought, you know, his instincts, he showed instincts. Um, he showed awareness. Not the fastest guy out there, but, you know, half the battle is knowing where to go and how to get there. And definitely was, was around the ball, you know, quite a number of times, I thought. Pat, he seems to have those around-the-ball instincts. Can't teach that, right? You can't teach that. Some guys are just always around the ball. Um, he seems to have that. He had that in his last year in Wisconsin. You know, he made a lot of tackles. And like you said, not the fastest, most athletic guy out there, but a guy that seems to be to get it. A guy that seems to be very smart out there and always around that ball. And that's big. That is big. It sure is. Chris, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk offense. Folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Here with Patricia Trena and special guest Chris Biziano of Giant Insider. And as I promised you guys, we are getting different perspectives and opinions on the first OTA, trying to give you guys as much of a of an insight into what went down. I know it's just the first OTA. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but it does give you some clues. It does give you an idea of where this team might be headed. And uh, Chris, let's turn our attention to the offense. And I think we've got to start with quarterback because, you know, so much has been made about Daniel Jones versus Eli Manning. I don't even think it's a versus case here, but, you know, people want to make it a versus case what were mm-hmm. your thoughts on the quarterback's uh, p- uh performance yesterday and this whole notion that you know people are still trying to stir this up that you know daniel jones could realistically supplant eli manning by week one well that's not happening eli is going to be the quarterback you yeah. know um i thought they both struggled a little bit yes i thought the defense got better uh, got the better of the offense i don't think there was any question but it's the first ota you know and all that don't forget you know uh eli is you know he's got a new receiver you know a golden tate and jones is still learning the system and all that um there's no competition at all right now i mean it would have to be uh, i mean jones would have to look like 83 marino and eli would have to look like a you know like an like he's totally done all of a sudden for that to be even mentioned i don't expect that to happen uh, yes, there's a narrative out there. You could see it already. They're trying. Oh, what's you know? Could Jones compete against Eli? Could Jones? Is it an open competition? Does Jones have a shot at starting day one? I don't see it, Pat. I don't think there's any chance that he has a chance of starting week one. Okay, down the road, that's a different story. But no, I don't see a competition at all. Eli looked a little thinner to me yesterday, right? He, he yeah. looks like he lost a few more pounds. Uh, he said he wanted to do it a little more flexibility and and all that. So, um. Eli's going to be the quarterback. There's no question about that. Um, Jones, you, you know, listen, 
it wasn't as easy yesterday, was it, with the full squad in there? <laughs> yeah. You know, in mini camp, Jones was winging that ball around. He looked at, he looked very good and all that. And God bless him. Everybody was happy about that. But you know, now, now the big boys are in. You know, the veterans are in. Uh, he's going to start getting, you know, seeing different looks that Betch is going to start throwing at him um, with his squad, you know, back. And um, he's going to have, you know, it's going to be a, a tough battle for Jones. It's not easy for rookies, man. But no question. I mean, Eli's going to be the quarterback week one. Yeah. And I think a part of that, that whole, you know, controversy, you know, Mike Shula, whether, you know, intentional or not, and I don't think he meant it, meant it no. quite that way saying that, you know, look, I think this kid could be ready by week one, you know, he was paying him a compliment. I right. think some people kind of took that, that comment and ran with it, took it a little mm-hmm. out of context, but I was glad that Shermer kind of said, look guys, this is the this is what it's going to be at quarterback. Eli is our starter, and we're going to work to bring Daniel along and get him ready, um, just like we would any other player. And you know, this there's no competition here, and I, I just don't understand why people continue to push that narrative. Yeah, because Eli hasn't won a lot of games the last few years, and you know, a lot of people feel he's finished. Um, let's face it, you know, people have you know have. They put that out there. They, they don't think he. They think he's kind of finished. And uh, the number six overall pick is in camp, and a lot of people want to see. Well, well, why isn't the number six overall pick competing with Eli Manning, who's thirty-eight, in camp? Um, me personally, uh, you agree with me? I think. I think Sherman's kind of, you know, trying to kill it before it starts. Although it's not going to stop. You know that. No. Um, that Eli's the quarterback, and Jones has to learn. You know what? Like you said, Pat. What Mike Shula meant. Shula. People took what Shula said and said, oh, look at this. There might be a competition. Even Shula said he could play day one. What Shula meant was that, hey, God forbid something happened to Eli if he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we feel pretty confident this kid could pick up the system and go from week one. That's, you know, that's what Shula meant. Of course, you know, people wanted to run with it saying, oh, look at this. You know, he's got a shot of being, you know, does he have a shot of being a game one start against Dallas? I don't think so, Pat. It would have to be some drastic, a drastic turn of events for that to happen. I think it would have to take an injury to keep Eli out of the the lineup. And we're not, and folks, just to be clear, Chris and I are not, you know, picking on Daniel Jones or, 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 you know, trying to, to, to drag him down. We're being realistic here because, look, you see rookie quarterbacks around the league get thrown in there right away and they struggle. Because they don't, you know, and and the reason why they're thrown in there is because their teams don't have an established veteran to kind of keep the seat warm and also for for the young kids to learn about. So these kids now have to learn on the fly. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a greater learning curve with trial and error. You know, Daniel doesn't have to have to go through that. Right. Right. And, and, and listen, Pat, the Giants believe. Pat Sherman and Dave Gettleman believe in their hearts, and there's no question about it, that they feel Eli's got some good ball left in him. He's got some ball left in him. So they're not just going to throw Eli out there and they think Eli's finished, he can't complete a pass. Well, let's just throw Eli out there because, you know, he's an icon. No, they think this guy can still win games. So, why, he, not, so why not have the number one pick learn behind him? Didn't right? Eli, yeah, didn't Eli have career highs last year in certain statistical categories? Yeah, I mean, I mean they that's not feel, a guy that's done. They feel with a better offensive line, Eli still has enough ball in him to win football games. Exactly. There's no question about it. Exactly. Okay. And of course, right. And and we, I think you and I can both agree that, you know, his 
offensive lines in the in recent years have not been very good. You know, we could probably also make the argument on some of his receivers, you know, with, with the fact that, you know, he would lead the league in having drop passes against him and some other things. I mean, look, the quarterback can't get it done all by himself. I mean, even the great Tom Brady needs some help. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, 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 you know, Eli, he's been at fault at times. He's played yes, absolutely. at times. He hasn't played well at times. He's gotten rid of the ball too quick and all that. We're not saying that. Just saying, we're just mentioning the fact that this organization believes Eli can still play well and they want the kid Jones to learn behind them. That's right. it. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Other organizations have done that. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about Russell Wilson? Well, Russell Wilson had to beat out Matt Flynn. Of course, he beat him out. And Russell Wilson was that was that was a run oriented gear, you know, offense when Russell Wilson first started playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know, let's not talk, act like you know Russell Wilson started from day one. He was lighting it up throwing forty five hundred yards. No, it's not true. Not true. Mm-hmm. So you have the number six overall pick, and he's our future. No question about it. He's going to start behind Eli Manning, a veteran who this organization feels could still go out and win games. Nothing wrong with that. We'll see where it takes them. That's all. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's patient. You know, you talk about Rome wasn't built in a day and, and, you know, Daniel Jones is going to get better and better. He's going to learn. And he, I think in time he'll be a fine quarterback, but you know, look, let's not be so hasty to throw Eli Manning to the curb, especially when you look at what, his supporting cast has looked like now you know people say well you know they got rid of Odell now what's now what you know and and I know I'm going to catch hell for this but I don't (laughs) think it's necessarily a bad thing and not because Odell wasn't you know a tremendous talent but now you can spread the ball around now you can you know keep defenses guessing what you're going to do you know it's not like oh Odell's on the field they're going to probably you know the the chances they go to him is is 90 percent now that you don't have Odell on the field now it's now it becomes more of a guessing game and I think that can work to the Giants advantage don't you yeah yeah because you're spreading the ball around and Eli said it yesterday Eli says all right guys will have to step up I didn't mention when he was asked about Odell the absence of Odell now you know and he, Eli said hey we all have to step up now you have to beat your man more we have to do different things and you know at times there's no question a guy like Odell is missed on a field because the attention he's going to get that double coverage mm-hmm. and you could do things other way but that doesn't mean you can't be an effective offense right all right Yes, was Odell an impact player? Of course he was. Of course he was. But there's other ways to skin a cat, right? Yes. And Eli said that yesterday. Okay, so we, you know, this guy's going to have to beat his man. We're going to have to block. We'll have to do this better and all that. Um, you know, so I, listen, I know people want to see Daniel Jones, although it's pretty funny to me, Patty, I have to admit, because it was so many people that did not want any part of Daniel Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And now they want to see him starting from day one. <laughs> that and that's a point I that and that's a question I asked yesterday. You know, people thought I was trolling them on Twitter. I said, "Look, a lot of you were screaming when they picked Daniel Jones, saying that they made a mistake. That you know that wasn't the quarterback they should have picked. And now mm-hmm. uh, the the same group of people, from what I can remember, were screaming that Daniel Jones should be pushing Eli Manning a little harder. He, they mm-hmm. should be more of a competition." I'm like, what changed, guys? What changed? Right. Yeah. You know, listen, and I'm trying to understand that. Listen, for the anti-Eli people, and there's a lot of them out there. Okay, you have your opinion. 
God bless you. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Well, if Eli comes out this season, Pat, here's the light at the end of the tunnel is what I'm getting, is that if Eli does not play well and the offensive line is playing pretty good in front of him, Eli just does not play well, you know, five, six games in the season, and he looks bad. Um, well, guess what? Now you have a kid that's going to come in. Everybody's going to get their wish, and you're going to have Daniel Jones. The Daniel Jones era will begin. Okay? Yes. But you're not going to see this young man until that happens, until Eli looks so bad, right? And, and he's the main reason why the offense is not moving the ball and all that. Because if Eli's playing well and the defense is blowing games and all that, guess what? You know, until the Giants are like in a hole in the 2019 season, you're not going to see Jones. Right. All right. So, um, you know, so, so so don't think, folks, like Eli comes out and he goes, you know, 13 for 24, you know, 200 yards against Dallas. Oh, that's it. You know, Eli's out. Get Jones in it. That's not happening. You know, yeah. So there's plenty I mean, of time for this kid to learn. People will scream for that to happen, I'm sure. But you know, like you said, it, it's 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 going to be a process. And and uh, you know, I, I I asked one guy yesterday on Twitter. It's funny. I said to him because I knew he was one of the people who screamed about Jones and who was screaming about Manning. I says, "What exact?" I said, "Help me understand here." So you know, because maybe I'm missing something. He says, "Well, I just don't want to see 23 million sitting on the bench." I'm like, "Well." <laughs> Uh, what, are you, what are you going to do with the $23 million this year? All the free agents, the top free agents are signed. You know, your draft picks are signed. It's not like you can apply a credit towards next year when you're going to be in good cap shape anyway. I just don't understand, you know, that perspective. And I'm trying to understand it, but, you know. Yeah, forget about cap talk now. Cap yeah. talk's done. Yeah. And nobody should be like, well, you know what? We could do this with the cap. Forget about cap talk. That's February, March, and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay? The cap's set. You, you you tinker a little bit here and there with the with the roster, but forget about that now. That is in the rearview mirror. Now you're looking at OTA's training camp and the season. Uh, so if uh, I guess that person was talking about Eli sitting on the bench. Yeah. Well, he's only going to sit on the bench if he doesn't look good. He's playing bad, and it's time to get the Jones kid in there. That's it. Yeah. So I don't know what that person's saying. Like you're saying that if, if they go 0 and 8, Eli looks horrible. Don't sit him down for the number six overall pick I, for the future. I, I... I'm not sure I understand it, to be honest with you. I I think a lot of people have kind of like, I I don't know, I I don't know, I I don't know. But that's the way, you know, that's not happening. Eli's not going to no bench until he deserves to be benched, Pat. Or the season's long gone, and now it's time to get the future in there and get his feet wet, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Chris, let's take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about a position group that I know is going to get your your whistle wet. So we'll be right back after this, folks. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. You're with Patricia Trena and special guest Chris Biziano. And we're just kind of recapping and sharing uh, observations, more observations from OTA number one. Yes, it's only an OTA. It's only May. But, you know, there are some clues and some some things that you can tell. And, Chris, we got to talk about the offensive line. Can we talk about this offensive line here? Yeah, let's let's talk about these guys. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, my friend, because I talking to you yesterday when we were in the media sessions, I could just see the sparkle in your eye over over what you had seen and, and heard. <laughs> Especially after Kevin Zyla almost broke my hand <laughs> when he shook my hand. Yeah, how is yeah, your hand? Your hand still hurt? You know what? 
I'm excited, Pat. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. You saw it in my eyes yesterday because we got some guys, we got some big, powerful guys up front. And I, you know what? I, I want to see a little bit of that. Let's give the ball to Saquon five straight times. And I want to see, <coughs> excuse me, I want to see the Will Hernandez, the John Halapios, and I want to see the Kevin Zylers bowl people over. All right? I want to see him guys smack him and knock him in the, knock him in the secondary and all that. I want to see the Nate Solder get in that second level and take out that linebacker or that safety coming up in the box. Okay? That's what I want to see. And I feel we might have some of that, Pat. You know, talking to Zyla yesterday, how could you not get excited? The guy was wound up. I, I fooled around him. I said, it looks like you could put a helmet on right now. He goes, he goes let's go right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right? I, you know, um, Halapio, he was running around out there. You know, Hicks Zeitler, somebody Hicks Zeitler, hey, what do you what do you think of Will? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Will Hernandez, what do you say? P- power. Powerful dude. Right? Mm-hmm. So how could you not? Now you got Remmers in there, right? He looks like he just came down from the mountains, right? And he's got the beard, and he's, got, and he's ready to roll. We'll see what Remmers gives us, you know, at right tackle. But you know what? Saquon, he's pretty good, you know, this Barkley kid. <laughs> he's He's not a bad player, right? So yeah. you talk about him and giving him the ball with these guys up front that could maybe knock these guys a couple yards back. How could you not be excited, man? You know, let's let's play the power game, Pat. Let's give the ball to Saquon. Let's see what he does behind these guys. You know, um, Hernandez in his second year, Jalapio, a healthy Jalapio, hopefully for the whole season, and this Zeitler guy who's like, I mean, Pat. Were you like, oh, my God, when you saw him up close? I mean, the guy looks like he's sculptured out of a rock, right? Um, couldn't, you couldn't help but be excited. Oh, my God. And, and like you and I were talking, you know, considering how the Giants acquired him, I mean, oh. the fact that they were able to get this guy, you know, and, and he's a pretty good player. Let's, let's, let's call it for what, it, what he is for, you know, Olivier Vernon, a guy who they were going to probably release had they not found a trade right. partner. I mean, mm-hmm. stroke of genius, wouldn't you say? Well, you know what? I know there's a lot of Gettleman bashes out there, but you know what? How about giving the guy credit? You know, you don't hear this much, right? Gettleman, Gettleman got Zeitler, and he was going to release Vernon probably in about a week after that. Mm-hmm. How he convinced John Dorsey over there that, you know, we won't going to release Vernon. We're going to keep him, but you want him? Edge guy? Well, we're going to put Zeitler in this. You know what I mean? And he got that trade. To me, Pat... That was an absolute brilliant move by Gettleman to actually get a quality guard for a guy they were probably 99% were going to release, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that's kudos to Dave Gettleman. I know people, a lot of people don't want to hear that right now. Right? Oh, well, Gettleman's the worst. He has no plan. He stinks. This. But I tell you what, that was an unbelievable move by Gettleman to acquire this guy <clears throat> for a guy he was going to release. Yeah, I mean, now with the addition of, of Zeitler now, that offensive line interior, that is power football, my friend. That's what we're going to see. Yep. Pat, and why not? You saw it with Ezekiel Elliott, right? A couple mm-hmm. years ago, his rookie year, when the Cowboys had that dominant offensive line. You saw it back in the Emmett Smith days where they had that power guys up front. I'm not comparing the offense saying it the same. I'm just saying they had some power guys up front and Emmett was doing his thing. We have a unbelievable young running back in Saquon Barkley who had 1,300 yards rushing 
behind an adequate, at best, offensive line. And now guys coming into the second season, guys returning from injury, guys coming from a trade. Um, how could you not be excited? Like, just ground the ball, you know, just grind it out with a Saquon Barkley, you know, running behind these guys. Right now, I know it's only May. I know it's before Memorial Day. There's only an OTA and all that nonsense. But, man, you can't help but be excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of – you'd have to go back to, I think, 2007 for, you know, to have this – the line that the team had then matching this one. Now, you know, yes, it's on paper. We got to see how they all come together. And it right. you know, kind of stinks right now that Solder and uh, Remmers are, are not um, able to practice because of physical things. But, gosh, I, I haven't felt this good about an offensive line, a Giants offensive line in years. And I just, you know, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see this yeah. unit come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see if they give Eli the time he needs. Um, I can't wait to see what Barkley does behind him. No question about it. And let's not forget, too, Pat, you know, Barkley off that edge, running off that edge, you know, um, you know, you got some guys who could block on the outside here with Golden Tates. You know, the Sterling Shepherds. You know, you got Red Ellison at that 10 inch spot. You got Scott Simonson. So you got some guys, you know, that have, they have no problem blocking if Saquon gets on an outside. You know, Golden Tate's a physical receiver, man. You know, mm -hmm. Shep, Shep showed you last year that he could be very physical in the run game. Ex Josh Norman. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. the big ex the big mouth, Josh Norman. You know, he talks <laughs> a lot. He talks a lot, of, a lot of stuff. But I remember last year when Saquon was running 70 yards on the skins. And, and Shep went across the field, blew him up. Yep. So you got some guys who could block out there too, which is always a big part of the running game. Receivers that could block too. So it's going to be fascinating to watch twenty six behind these guys for sure. Chris, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the skill position players, the receivers, the tight ends, and the running backs. You know, some some under the radar battles uh, going on at at all three of those positions. Mm. Um, what were your thoughts on what you saw? Well, I think the third receiver spot's going to be an open competition. You know, they had Coleman there with the ones yesterday, but you're going to see the kid Slayton in there. You're, you, you know, you got the veteran Latimer. You got the veteran Benny Fowler. It's going to be a competition, Pat. Who steps up for that third receiver spot? You know, obviously Shep and Tater one, two, and all that. Um, but, you know, Pat, a kid who I thought had a real good practice yesterday was Evan Ingram. Okay. Mm -hmm. Had a couple mm -hmm. of grabs and all that. I think, Pat, he is going to be the biggest benefactor of Odell being gone. I think he is going to have an excellent year. You saw what he did in the last four games last year when Odell was out with the injury. Really played well, right? More balls going his way. More things, you know, doing more things in the offense. Watch the England kid at tight end. And as the third receiver spot, you know, I think it's going to be a battle. You know, I think it's going to be a battle. Let, let them, they'll decide it on the field. Definitely. And, you know, I think. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I had done a study on um, Evan Ingram with Odell in the lineup mm -hmm. and out of the lineup. And his production actually was a lot better with mm -hmm. Odell out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. Not sure why that is, but, you know, whatever it is, I'm sure the Giants will take that, I would think. Yeah, well, the ball, he's going to be targeted more. You oh, know, he's sure. going to get, he's going to have more things designed for him. You know, uh, he had some misdirections last year for him with Eli. You know, passes in a flat and all that because Ingram was real fast, as we know. Ingram could, you know, he could run. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. 
So, listen, I, I, like, like I just said, he's I, I expect him to have a, a big year, a real big year for the Giants. Um, I think he's going to really benefit from Odell not being there. His kid's a weapon. He's a kid, he's a kid you can move all over the place. You know, you could put him on the outside. You could put him in the slot. You you know, he's like, he could line up on a line of scrimmage and, and run a route out of the air. So expect a big thing out of him. Patty, as far as the receivers, who comes out of that third receiver thing? I, I, it's going to be an open competition. I, I think the Giants want Corey Coleman to win that job right now. I really do. But we'll see. There's other veterans there. You know, it's going to be quite a battle. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of battles, another under-the-radar battle is it running back. We know Saquon is the starter. But mm-hmm. apparently they've, they've got a competition as to who's going to be the number two guy mm-hmm. behind him. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, Gallman's going to have the edge up. And we'll see if he wins it. Yeah, they brought over Rod Smith, the old cowboy. Perkins is back in the mix. You know, um, so they'll settle it on the field. Um, if, if you had to ask me who you think wins the number two, I, I would right now I would say Gallman. I think Gallman was going to win it. But. You know, we'll see. That's why they have training camp. Let them settle on the field, the preseason games. Um, so, hey, listen, Gorman's a talented kid. You know, he's a talented kid. So, we'll see if he, st- he takes his game to another level, you know, this this year. He's going to have to. There's competition to win that job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, I, I agree with him. But, look, Rod Smith's going to be knocking on that door. John Hilliam, the undrafted free agent out of Rutgers, is going to want a piece of that. Um, Paul Perkins, like you said, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. going to be interesting. Chris, final thoughts on the OTA number one, and what are your expectations, or what are you going to be looking for for the next OTA for which we have access? Um, I'm going to look at. I'm going to look to see the continued progress of the young secondary. You know, the DeAndre Bakers, the Julian Loves, the Sam Beals. I'm going to look for that. I think the inside linebacker position. I'm going to be looking to see how they do that. You saw Ty Davis, you saw Connolly, you saw B.J. Goodson, right, in the one spot on the inside. Um, we're not going to see Sola. Probably won't even see Remis next week. So, um, you know, the right tackle spot, you know, Wheel is going to be over there until Remis gets back. Um, and I want to see a little better Eli, Pat. I have to, I, you know, I admit, Eli started, I think he was like one for six. He started yesterday, you know, not not that good. And I want to see the progress of him. You know, I like to see him. Be a little bit better. Not that I'm really worried about Eli now. I'm just saying I like to see him, the, the quarterback position. And, of course, Daniel Jones. You know, you want to see him, how he progresses. Absolutely. It's going to be a very interesting take. Chris, before we sign off, give everybody an update, what you guys are working on, what you got coming out, and so forth. Yeah, listen, you can find us at, at Giant Insider, Twitter, me and Jerry Foley, the senior editor. Uh, and hopefully tune into our podcast twice a week, the, uh, the Giant Insider podcast. Um. And we'll be working on, you know, the OTA notes in our next issue, um, a little training camp battles and all, all that. So uh, hopefully tune us in. And thank you, Patty, for having me on again. Always, always, always. And before you go, who was, just curious, who was the buffoon of the week? Uh, for me, it was the Jets organization. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole Adam Gates, McCagney thing. And uh, for Jerry, it was Josh Norman for his big mouth. Okay, solid candidates there. And by the way, how is your hand holding up after? My hand is, is okay. Thank you. I know it was throbbing yesterday, uh, but no, it actually has recovered. Uh, although I wasn't, I didn't think yesterday it was going to recover. But hey, I'll take it. If Zyla's out there pounding people for yes. sixteen games, 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, folks. On that note, we will call it a show. Don't forget, tomorrow is Twitter Thursday. Get your questions into me. Ask P Train. Make sure you use that tag. You can also email them at lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com. For Chris Biziano, this is Patricia Trainer signing off. Thank you so much for listening.